0: You are now rocking with Must Have Knowledge and Sass.
1: I knew that teaching wasn't going to be for me long term before I started teaching.
0: Hello there and welcome to another episode on Must Have Knowledge and Sass, the podcast. I'm your host, Tiana. I am so happy that you are here joining me on today. I am glad that you clicked on that link to listen to this episode in order to hear the story about why Ken decided to leave teaching. In this episode, I had the opportunity to interview Ken, someone who was a high school teacher and decided, this ain't it this is not where i'm supposed to be so i am going to go ahead well we are going to go ahead and jump right into this interview let's get this thing started hello everyone this is ken middleton he is going to be sharing with us why he left teaching hi ken hey
1: tiana how are you
0: i am doing well all right so I met Ken through a, a mutual friend that we have, um, Robin. And yeah. so I have put out the post saying, is there anyone who has left teaching? I would love to interview you for the podcast. And Robin was like, oh, I know some people that have left t- uh, teaching. Let me get in contact with them. And then a few days later, later, I met Ken. So Ken, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me. It's funny because... Uh Robin knows a lot of people probably that left teaching because we were all in the same program um, that it turned out that, you know, the teaching fellows program. And a lot of some of us went into it and some of us did. So I'm sure she oh. may have a few others as well.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, that's another thing we have in common. I was also a teaching fellow.
1: Yes, there it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Great program.
0: Listen. OK, so let's go ahead and start off this uh, show. What brings you joy?
1: Um, for me, it's funny that you asked, Keon, because uh, I think it's changed over time. One of it's still the same, one of it's different just based on where I am in life now. But uh, the first thing, honestly, is just learning new stuff and getting, and getting good at new stuff. For me, it's around, I think, for when I think of the concept of like retirement, it, I just don't see myself ever doing it because for me, one of the things that make life most uh, exciting and durable is learning something new and then getting better at it over time. So that brings me, I think, the most sure. Um, the second thing, just where I'm in my life now, is just spending time with my wife. I've been married for a year and a half now, and and you know, you have different people that are your friends growing up, but um, I'm fortunate enough to say I've absolutely uh, married my best friend, and, and you know, we just have a good time together. As so I share with you. Just got got back from Cabo uh, two days ago, and it was a great trip.
0: Yeah, I love to hear that. I love to hear that you're growing and thriving by challenging yourself, by learning new things. And then also your wife. Oh my gosh. So with all of that, and you say it's changed over the years. So I have to know, how did you even get started in education when you did?
1: So I was thinking about that back on that earlier yesterday, this weekend I was thinking through preparing for this and really it came down to just having great teachers. I think as a lot of people, um, there was two people in particular, Miss Honeycutt, who was my English teacher, my journalism teacher, and Miss Stillman, who was actually wasn't a teacher. She was a guidance counselor. Uh, and for me, Tiana, they uh, changed my life in the sense that growing up, uh, you know, it's most people in some ways, the poor story, you didn't have a lot of money, food stamps, all that stuff. My mom didn't have a car, like never driven in her entire life. Mm-hmm. So when I was in college, um, or excuse me, when I was in high school, the concept of visiting colleges wasn't something I even thought I could do because how was I going to get there? Um, Miss Honeycutt and Miss Dillman were two teachers or guidance counselor that had always encouraged me to do well and, and make sure that I I applied to colleges. And they said when I was talking to them about me not being able to go there, that they would take time out of their weekend to take me to do these colleges, college visits. And for me, that just made a, such a tremendous impact for someone who doesn't know me. I mean, they knew me, but wasn't part of my family really had nothing to gain from it other than caring about people and the impact and ability, the way it changed my life was something that I wanted to have on other people. So from that moment forward, I said, you know, teaching is a profession that, you know, may not pay a lot, but there's, you can make a tremendous impact on individuals. And I wanted to do that.
0: Yes. I love that story because we do have similarities in that regard. There was a teacher that motivated me to get into education. And then it was my guidance counselors that taught me how to get um, into college. And right. so, like, if it really wasn't for my guidance counselors and informing me of the different things that were out there and available to me, I wouldn't have known half of the things that I knew applying for colleges. All I knew was to fill out the application. That was yep. my- and uh, the first day I went to Carolina was the first day I had ever seen it. Yeah, visit anything because
1: you didn't go. Yeah. Okay.
0: I only did one college tour and that was the Spelman.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Of course, I got into Spelman, but my mom couldn't afford it. So it was like, all right, well, we're going with the backup (laughs) plan.
1: And funny to your point, Tiana, I wouldn't have learned of the teaching fellow scholarship if it wasn't for my guidance counselor. I would never have heard of it. I would not even know. So same thing.
0: Me too. Oh my god. Did your guidance counselors uh did you all have to do an interview process?
1: Yeah, yeah. We did mic interviews and all that stuff. They were really serious about it. They didn't they did not take it like
0: Yes. Mom were too. I was like, okay. See, listen, guidance counselors out here saving the world. So when we think about this, so you got into education. Where did you uh go
1: to school at? Uh undergrad was UNC Pembroke was uh, with Robin. That's you know, that's how Robin and I know each other from Scott College.
0: And so you went throughout UNC Pembroke. Of course, they exposed us to education all four years. Right. What grade level or which uh, level did you want to teach?
1: Teach. Um. It was always going to be high school, like middle school. No, not for your boy. And then elementary school <laughs> was not an option either. Um. So when I eventually got my um, position, it was in Cary, North Carolina. And I taught ninth and 11th. So ninth was what, genre, English, and then 11th was American Um american english i guess yeah i think what was it english yeah so yeah 9 and 11. okay so
0: in those years where you taught ninth and 11th grade what were your most memorable moments in, as an educator
1: yeah there were um it's interesting because there were two that i think um uh, one was more of a series of memories mm-hmm. um but one that always stands with me and because and i would say like teaching the class and and being a teacher, I personally didn't like, listen, I only did it for a year and a half. But for me, it wasn't about the actual teaching of the, the, the subject that was important. It was the interaction with the students outside of the classroom. And the memory that I always have for me, that was one of the, I think, best times I had as a teacher. I was like, man, this is what it's about, is that I was part of a committee that put on a fashion show with students. We spent time out of school, we had a bunch of, um, clothes that they brought and put together and they modeled and we did all this work it probably took us i want to say six to eight weeks of all this practice and then we put on the show and i just remember tiana how much fun that show was and how that bonded me with my students and how it was like i said i didn't teach them any lesson that they were going to take to college but it was about i guess the camaraderie working hard for something and then knowing because i had took time to care about them outside of class that now when I wanted to give them lessons or teach them something or advice in class, they would be more apt to listen to it. And I just, I just really had a good time. And that for me was one of the things that made me remember, feel like that was what teaching is truly about. Um, the second thing that I would just always remember because um it's funny because they say those who can't teach. And uh and I remember being waking up and having to be at the office at 4 30 in the morning. And because it it, I'm just telling people out there, teaching is not easy. I don't care what anyone says. I did it for a year and a half, and I said, this is hard. And I remember being at the office at 4.30 in the morning, no one else being there and just thinking, man, I had no idea this job was going to be this much work because I had to get there early to prepare for class. Class didn't start till 7.30, and I just wanted to make sure I was prepared. And I remember those early mornings getting to the office by myself, Writing notes, preparing for class, and just you know, for me it was just I didn't mind it, but I remember me always thinking that, man, this is um this is what it's about putting in the hours before class if you ever want to be successful. And it's just something that I've always taken with me in all of my other endeavors. It's about getting to work early and putting in the time because you reap the um the results of your efforts. And you know, I just never forgot those.
0: Yes, uh, I don't know why people think we just babysitter
1: sometimes. I don't know. That There's is, something.
0: this is, listen, teaching, and um, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Teaching is the one job where you can carry these skills into any sector. Right. Think about it. Nobody else is able to gather up students under the age, usually under the age of 18 and below.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Put them into a classroom where it's 20 plus of them, usually in that case. And for you as a high school teacher, I'm quite sure you taught back-to-back classes, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, a 30-minute lesson. Some of the lessons, some of the classes are hour-long. Some of the classes are also there are different students with different needs inside of that classroom. So in this hour long lesson, I have to meet the needs of each student. And I'm not just talking about academic needs. I have to meet their social needs, their emotional needs, because some kids come in with things that happen at their home before they even got got into the classroom. And then they're gonna walk back into that same situation when they leave. And so we are the one profession where, Listen, our resume is top notch. What right, what right. you want to do? And it's amazing that you said that. It's just like you had to get to um to school at four thirty in the morning and like sitting there and realizing that it, it, this is hard. <laughs> so with that being said, when did you realize it was time to leave?
1: Well, you know, it was uh, a couple of things. Probably, I think, came to maybe say, yeah, you know, which I'll I, be complete transparent with you, I knew that teaching wasn't going to be for me long-term before I started teaching. Now, part of the reason I went through with it is because of the teaching fellow scholarship and I didn't want to pay the money back. Cause if you don't teach, you have to pay it back. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and do this thing for four years. And uh, so I started out doing it and first year was good. It wasn't too bad, but to the point of what I just shared with you, I thought that the second year was going to be like, all right, I got the first year under my belt. I'm Gucci now. It's, it was easier, but it was a smidge easier. So instead of getting to office at 4.30, I was maybe getting there at 5.30. Like, it was, it was not it was not like a, 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 a stroll in the park, as they say. I mean, it was work. Um, and the two things that I think happened that made me say, you know what? I don't know. I had a, cl- a kid in my class. Named, um, and to your point earlier, I had a lot of issues. I could tell. He had a lot of home issues and stuff that you you could just see that that when he came to the classroom that that lesson on um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's book isn't the most important thing in his life. He just wasn't right. And um, it was one day I don't remember what the situation was. He was a little bit of a little class clown. Sometimes he would act out, but he always seemed to be very mad. And one day he got he did something. I was just trying to talk to him because I always somewhat considered myself a cool teacher, if you will. And I could get through to a lot of students, but I just could not get through. He was just always, and he got mad about something. And I was talking to him. He was like super red, red. And I, I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, like, what's wrong, man? Like, tell me what's wrong. And he was like shaking red. And he was like, I don't know. I just get so mad. I can't control myself. And I was like, okay. And at that moment, I was like, if he comes in here and shoot this place up, I would not be surprised. <laughs> Out of anger, yeah. and I was like, "I." And I remember thinking, "I would not. It wouldn't shock me." The second thing I thought was, "You know what? I don't make enough money for that to be a reality." Right. <laughs> I said, "I don't think this is for me." And the the other part of the, the time I remember is that I remember I got a call from my fraternity brothers, and they were all going to Myrtle Beach for the weekend, and everybody was partying, and they hit me up like, "Hey, man, we're going to Myrtle Beach, but can you come?" And I was like, man, I wish I could, but I came for two reasons. One, I got 120 essays I have to grade before Monday, and there's no way I could take this weekend off to go to the beach. And then two, I don't have any money. Like you guys, I, I, mean, I, 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 I couldn't take a weekend because I, I don't have the money to pay for. it. And if at that point, when you couple that Tiana with the 4:30 mornings and and just, I, I just, it, it just didn't make sense for me with the amount of effort I was willing to put into it with the return that I was getting, understanding other things that I wanted. And then I just said, you know, I, I think it's probably time. Cause my original plan honestly was to wait until the end of my second year to, to resign. But because of those two things that happened shortly after the year began, I resigned mid year. Cause I just said, I, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I couldn't. And I, I didn't want Ben come shooting up the school. So I just said, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and let this go. <laughs>
0: let me tell you right now, what you just said about that student is very true. And especially if you're at a school where they don't have the resources that are needed in order to help students in those types of situations where they're just angry and they don't know, it is a hard job. And they to also, and most people don't know this either, we go through trainings at the beginning of the year um, that tell us about um, like different scenarios that might happen, different risks that come with teaching, whether right. it's medical risk, um, we have to do the lockdown training, fire drill training, all these different trainings. And you, when it comes face to face with you, where I have this student who are, who is having these emotional difficulties and did, college did not train me for this. No. Life <laughs> did not train me for this in most circumstances. So when you realize, okay this I am not this is not what I'm here for yeah, I'm I want to know what was the conversation with your admin team when you told them like I'm I'm not going to finish out the year with you
1: Yeah I mean it was I remember the assistant principal, his assistant principal's name was Scott I can't remember Scott's last name and uh and I was like Scott I'm so sorry and he said and I told him I like I wanted to give out the year but I said I I can't do it in my heart Scott I was like I I I wouldn't be 100% committed and I feel bad and I know it's terrible and I wish I could, but uh, to my sense, it's like, I think it's a disservice to the to the, uh, to the the students to do it. And he said he respected me. He said, hey, I respect the fact that you make that decision, you know, that you you came to this realization um, early. And I remember he didn't say this, and I can't remember who told me this, but I had, it was probably two or three other teachers who said, if I were your age, I wouldn't have made the decision that you're making. I wish I had made because." Listen, Tiana, the thing that, the one of the reasons I was like, man, I don't know if this is for me, the thing that really depressed me about teaching is that I just remember coming to the teacher's lounge every day, um, yeah, every day, and always, always hearing somebody complain mm-hmm. about the students, about the administration, about the parents. It was complaint after complaint after complaint. And for me, someone who I feel like is generally optimistic, glass half full, my thing is, Listen, you control the situation you put yourself in. The planning, one, isn't going to make it better. And two, why are you still here if it's that bad? And for me, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to be those people 10, 15 years from now. I didn't want to be, oh, I got 15 years in. I just need five more years, so I'm just going to make it. Because I feel like, unfortunately, that's one of the things that has made the profession tough in the sense that you have a sect of teachers who do an amazing job and really do care and then you do have that set of teachers who, hey, I'm I'm 15 years in, I got five more years, I'm gonna do everything I can to phone it in for these five years. And unfortunately the students are the ones that suffer because of it. At the end
0: of the day, at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah. I I appreciate your decision and the self-awareness that you had at that point in time to say, this is not healthy for me, neither is it gonna be a healthy environment for students. And <laughs> so I'm just gonna say, Chuck up the deuces yeah. and I'm gonna walk on out. And I was like, you can find somebody else that's going to be a better fit for this position. Yep. And I love that your admin supported you in that. Um, that is um, not a rarity, but it is a um, a thing that I have noticed about admin. It's like, sometimes you'll get those who are hostile towards that, that announcement and those who are like, you know what? I respect your decision and I'm going to support you. So mm-hmm. I love that. So after you left, where did you end up going?
1: Um, you know, it's funny, I, I waited tables for two years. I, I kind of dripped it for two years of my life. I uh, guess that could be the term you can use. And I waited tables. My wife always jokes about how many jobs I've had. I had a bunch of jobs that I just was trying to fill out to see what I could do. So I, I did Time Warning Cable for a little bit, I sold cars for like a week. <laughs> I, uh, I think I did some insurance sales. I did credit, car, uh, credit card machine sales for like three days. Like I did everything. I did so many things um, for two years. Um, and then I finally, uh, at the end of the two years, ended up working for Tech Systems, which is a staffing company, whereas the company I'm still working at today. So it was like, it was a two year journey to kind of find myself to then find something that, that really stuck.
0: And that leads me to the next question. What did you discover about yourself after leaving?
1: You know, I, it's funny. I did think about that one a lot is um, what I discovered, though, is it's what I tell people all the time. I feel like a lot of times about being a leader. You don't have to be in a classroom to be a teacher. And mm-hmm. I, I love teaching. I enjoy just like I enjoy learning stuff and growing. I enjoy aiding or helping others to do the same thing. And I still try to find every opportunity I can, whether it be in my personal life or my work life, to teach, help, co- coach and develop other people. And my ultimate goal, Tiana, it's the 10 years from now when I hopefully retire, um, my desire is to teach community college, maybe teach high school, because that desire to change people's lives never changed. I didn't have to be in a classroom to do it, but I do think that a classroom gives you a great opportunity and venue to do it. And my ultimate goal is to do that for the second portion of my life and and still to give back and help like Miss Honeycutt and the Steelman did to
0: me. Yes. Okay. It is amazing that you made that connection, right? Because um, I wanna say this, and this might be for somebody out in the audience. They think all I know to do is teach. That's all I know. Like I wanna quit, but I don't know how to quit and I don't know where my skills are gonna take me further, right? Right. Well, you just said something, you was like, "Uh, teaching is just not in the walls of a school the walls of a classroom, teaching is wherever you decide it to be. That's what it sounds like. And I just recently say, uh, saw this um, this post on Instagram from another person that I follow. And she said, teaching um, is what like, the classroom is where the, wherever I am or teaching is wherever I am. And that sounds like that is your motto that um, you have discovered about yourself. It's like, wherever I am, is a teachable moment so that is amazing so as we wrap this up how are you defining happiness for yourself
1: well for me happiness is always i don't know i think it's it's the the main thing is that i know that i'm living up to my best abilities for me that's always been the case um I want to say being stress-free is always important to me. (laughs) Like, I am not, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to the belief that you, you have to go through all, all the time to, to, to get something, a reward. Like I'm very much personally make your life as stress-free as possible to, to you create your own happiness. Right. And you, you don't, and if you're not happy, as I alluded to earlier, you got to get out of that situation. I just see so many people, Tiana, my wife and I talk about it all the time, where they're in these marriages, but they feel like they have to be in them, but then they're not happy. But they feel like they have to be for the kids or their parents or their family. To me, that like that makes no sense. Like you create your happiness by the environment and the people that you put around you, and if you're not getting that, then you got to change that. So for me, happiness is, um, I, for the most part living the life that I want to live with the people that I want to live and doing the things I want to do. And I create that every single day in regards to my actions and efforts and the people that I choose to spend time with. So. Yes. Cause happiness
0: is fleeting. So yeah. you you hit the, the, I always get the same mixed up. You hit the nail on the head, whatever. Nail, yeah, on the
1: head. nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you said I choose, Yeah. I choose the people I want to be around the the things I want to do, I get to choose that. And that that's my happiness right there. Listen, Ken, thank you so much for allowing me to interview on today. No I problem. wish you all the best in the world, as well as your wife. Um, yeah. I wish you so much happiness and joy. And I hope as you continue to venture through this life, you continue to aspire other people. Inspire other people, not aspire, but inspire other people. And I hope that you also continue to teach other people different things that allow them to reach their uh, their level of happiness that they desire to have. But then they choose to do that. So have an amazing day.
1: All right. You Thank, too, God. God. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, there you have it. another person who decided to leave the classroom and he discovered it early on in his teaching career if you have not already done so go ahead and subscribe if you have not followed me on spotify do that as well you can contact me on instagram at must knowledge I can also be found on Twitter at knowledge and sass. That is the word knowledge. Then the letter N and the word sass. Also, you can email me if you would like to. Until next time, I hope you have an amazing day, night, whatever time you're listening to this episode. I hope it's full of happiness, love, and joy. I hope you have so much peace in your life right now. And I will talk to you later. Bye, y'all. (laughs) Yeah! <laughs>